Welcome to Popcorn History. I'm Stephanie Kibler with the Freeborn County Historical Museum, Library and Village, along with Risha Lilienthal, a collections and exhibit coordinator at the museum, and Reggie Bauer, operations manager, Power 96. I, I feel like I need to do a Power 96. I have to figure out how to do a demo <laughs> well, for you. I feel I like some. you always have that Bauer. Not, there, I know. Reggie know? Bauer is such a right. good name. It's I always have friends that are like power ninety six to me, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's where I work. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Bauer at power ninety six. Yeah. Well, and like I've said, I think I've told you guys before. At one point, when I was trying to figure out a name for a morning show, at one point I did throw around the possibility of doing the Bauer ninety six morning show, yeah. and I of course decided against it. But I, it's still I, fun to think about. Fun. I like it's that fun. one. Uh, anyway, <laughs> today we have um, the theme of cap and characters. Yeah, lots of fine arts we're throwing out here. There is a lot of fine arts uh-huh. that we're throwing out here. You're right. Mm-hmm. So I started out and I was like, musicians, because uh, we have a lot of musicians in Freeborn County that have been noticed and well known I guess. Uh, One just came up in the paper recently just on April 28th this year uh, which is Wayne Turner Peterson is his name. And who's Wayne Turner Peterson? So he is or he just passed on April 7th of this year at age 93 uh, and he's a composer, a pianist, educator and he won a pulitzer prize for music wow yeah he was born in albert lee and uh was here pretty much through his late teens when he started to tour with a big band and he studied in england at the royal academy of music wow so i wish yeah, he was I pretty wish big somebody still had a big band that would play right? on weekends wouldn't that be fun <laughs> Some VFWs have some like little like big bands. I guess that's kind of a contradiction, but uh. <laughs> little big band, isn't there? A country music, little big town. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, the big bands, you know, they're hard to find nowadays. This would yeah. be a blast. Um, but he taught music at San Francisco State University, and his Pulitzer Prize came in 1992 for his work, uh, "The Face of the Night, The Heart of the Dark." is what it was called, which was commissioned by the San Francisco Symphony. And so there was a little controversy around his uh, Pulitzer Prize. So uh, the Pulitzer works by a board, you know, coming Mm -hmm. together, and then they listen to juries and stuff, talk about the different, I guess, sections. And yeah, nominees, the different sections of each Pulitzer, because, you know, you have like a literature Pulitzer, and this one was the music one. And... uh, So there was a unanimous choice by the music jury as to who should win, but the Pulitzer board gave it to Wayne Peterson instead of the unanimously chosen one. Wow. Um, And the the jury had selected Ralph Shapey's Concerto Fantastique. Fantastique, that's what it is. Concerto Fantastique. After they chose... Peterson's piece, the jurors issued a public statement saying that the Pulitzer board was not professionally qualified to reverse their decision as to who should have won, but they also did praise Peterson's work as a masterful orchestral essay. So how often do you think that happens where that gets overturned? Apparently this was kind of a not a common thing and it actually changed how they did ruling hmm. on the Pulitzer's 
1992. Kind of a one-off thing, and then right. they were like, well, we're not going to let that happen again. Yeah. Like, it was probably a thing where it was on honor, you kind of listened to them, but you could have your own choice, mm. but they just decided not to. Sure. And Peterson also said that he would have voted for Shapey's piece if oh, he was fine. a juror, <laughs> uh, but he was like, I'm just honored to be a nominee, you know. That's any but, creative. We're always going to put everything else above right. our own stuff. That's just... Because yeah. I think part of that creative flow is you're always doubting what your what your own yeah, stuff you is. You know right. where exactly yeah. the flaws are. Yeah, you can't hear them in other people's stuff. Well, right. and I think it's that too. And like you said, you can't hear it in other people's stuff. So you're like, this is so amazing what somebody else has done. So you just bustle them up. I don't know, right. bolster. That's the word. Bolster yeah. them up or buster them up. Buster them up. <laughs> Uh, but he lived here in Albert Lee, and his family had like a long history in Albert Lee. His grandpa was a barber shop owner here, and um, his mother was here with her family. She had the Turner, so his middle name Turner came from her last name. Oh. So the Turners were kind of in here. But his mother died before he finished high school, and fairly suddenly. Hmm. Uh, she had been having headaches, and uh, she was 39 years old. Ooh, and wow. she had been having headaches and was found by her husband in their home collapsed. Oh. And they believed that she had a heart attack. Oh, that's terrible. So, yeah. It's, that's it's very or an aneurysm. Young. Right. That's, that's what, what it I was been. thought you were going to say. It was in 45, so I don't know how. Probably not as quick to diagnose right. that. Yeah. Wow. Um, but his uncle, Cecil <laughs> Turner, who was her brother he was also a musician and a teacher and after retiring from teaching music in 1958 he started into music retail and he had a music store in albert lee called the copet k-o-p-e-t i don't know copet i know i've seen that in yeah. a couple other things that we've uh, yeah he had that music center okay. here in albert lee and so that's music all around in that family that's yeah. kind of fun wow i'm still stuck on the pulitzer yeah. <laughs> and is it Pulitzer, Pulitzer? I, that's a really I good question. I, I always hear it both it ways, depending yeah, on who you depends are. depends on what country you're in. Country, Pulitzer, Pulitzer, dialogue, Pulitzer. It's probably dialect. Pulitzer. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing, here. like, the fancy, fancy dancies say. They just did a... Um, Oh, what do you, I, an honorary Pulitzer to that young lady up in Minneapolis. Oh. Um, who recorded um, the murder of George Floyd. Oh, wow. sure. She was awarded. Wow. Take your bets. How, what's pronunciation? Pulitzer. Pulitzer. That's my guessing. It's Pulitzer. It's Pulitzer? <laughs> it's actually Pulitzer. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I love it. Pulitzer. The Pulitzer Prize. You know. So the first time I said it right, and then the last three times I've said it wrong. I've been saying it wrong all along. So. Wow. I don't have a Pulitzer Prize winner <laughs> here. But um, the men at Youth Throughout Musician, I thought of Cap Emmons. Mm -hmm. um, Lawrence J. Cap Emmons was born in 1897 in Emmons, Minnesota. Wait, so his That's last funny. name was Emmons and yes. he was born yeah. in Emmons, Minnesota? Yes. It the wasn't just like named after him or something? <laughs> no, it was named after his grandfather back oh. in um, 1855 when he started farming there. Oh, oh so his grandfather is... Is Emmons. Is he's, why he's the Emmons, Emmons is called Emmons. Yes. His That's grandfather, cool. Harry. Okay. Aww. Harry Emmons. Um, and he attended Emmons School, but then he went on to Waldorf College in uh, 1916, St. Olaf College in 1919, 
a year of seminary at Luther oh. Seminary in St. Paul, hmm. and then he attended Juilliard School of Music in New York, mm-hmm. where he graduated in 1922, and then it's came a, back here in 1923. He's a Juilliard guy. Juilliard guy, yeah. yeah. And then came back to Albert Lee with a degree from Juilliard. Right. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Oh, wow. um, and spent 40 years here, or more than 40 years, directing the um, bands, the choirs, and the orchestras when yeah. he first started out. And then eventually ended up with his own staff that had to take on some of his duties. Hmm. Um, the Community Magazine in October of 56 published a photo of the 1923 yearbook picture of the first band. And it says, a rather stiff-shirted, unsmiling bunch <laughs> clasping a handful of horns. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but they, the, the, if you look at the picture, Cap Emmons is also in the picture, and he looks like he's the same age as some of the boys Oh wow! Um, hmm. in the high school. Oh, my goodness. But there were little boys that were wearing knickers and long oh, stockings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yes, super adorable. cute picture. Um, so back in the 20s when, when he started, yeah. band directing was considered like an extra job. At the school, so anytime they needed a teacher, he was called to fill in. Oh. So he taught ancient and modern history. He's known to have said, I don't think I ever taught American history. Hmm. Oh, wow. He also taught sociology, general science, commercial geography, and uh, numerous other topics. Hmm. What is commercial geography? I have not a clue what that is. Um, My goodness. I could have Googled that, and I didn't. I said that's an interesting... That is interesting. That's a the combination of those two things. Yeah, it's kind of... Um, okay, yeah, this was kind of where my brain was thinking. Is it urb, it's, like urban? No, it's uh, geography, according to Merriam-Webster, geography that deals with commodities, according to their places oh, of origin and their oh. paths of transportation. Interesting, okay. Well, he taught that. So, wait, is it kind of like etymology, but with objects? I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> Etymology is like where words came from, right? right. Yeah. So like where the objects came from, right? <gasps> this is know. where I just sit back. <laughs> Save this for the beers later. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. Um, so as the band grew, which he started with like, I think it was 13 kids. Mm-hmm. Um and I believe at the time of his retirement, the high school band had over 95 hmm. nice. band members. And that was just, the, that was the senior high. So not just the junior high also was something that he'd been apparently a part of when it initially started. Mm-hmm. It was like one group. So this was kind of funny because um, he, he had made some comments about the tempo becoming faster um, as the years passed. Oh, sure. And he said... Uh, I quote Cap Emmons here, kids like to whoop it up much more today than those first bands. <laughs> and that's like in the 40s, 50s. such a 40s, 50s thing that's to say. adorable. And I'm thinking, I wonder what he would think now yeah. when you look at some of the marching bands and the modern day mm-hmm. songs that they use. I have some very like underground EDM. I'm sure he would right. have some opinions about it. <laughs> Um, he was the, one of the founders of the Big Nine Music Festival, oh. which I did not know. And it was that at the time, that was the first of its kind in the nation. Yeah. Wow. The, um, um, what is it called here? There's one up in the cities that, that was fashioned. that The Great Lakes Music Festival in the Twin Cities is modeled after it. Um, and this is the 89th year of the Big Nine. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I did not realize he was a founding member of that. Um, 
So it started in 1933 with the goal of promoting high school music programs and to give students from um, our conference an opportunity to hear one uh another marching band playing and singing. It was supposed to be fun without the element of competition. But mm. now it's this huge competition. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, yeah, so it, I thought that was cool. Longest running music festival of its kind in the nation. Huh. And then, of course, we all know the Cap Emmons Auditorium was named after or in honor of mm-hmm. Cap, sure. which is no longer around. And we do right. have some really great pieces at the yeah. museum. Um, but I didn't realize that it was more than just used for high school performances. So the National Audubon had films that oh, were shown wow. there. Um, the band Chameleon with lead singer Yanni performed there. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. The Reggie's face. No, I went to college. One of my teachers was one of the band members from Chameleon. Oh my Whoa. gosh, that's so funny. Dugan McNeil, if anybody oh, knows nine that name. Goodness. What is it? Is it nine degrees? Six degrees of separation? Six degrees of separation, yeah. 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 Or six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's the one. Yeah, so I thought, wow. I thought it didn't occur to me, though, that, that I assumed the auditorium was strictly used for high school purposes, oh. but it was also community purposes so yeah i was fascinated with them i'm a marching band geek i grew up what you played french horn french horn marched with my french horn (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun we played every football game halftime show i don't do they still do that i was in pep band and yeah Yeah. marching band they did yeah the football games and stuff yeah they still have those i don't think the smaller i don't know about every game i don't know about every game but certainly i mean where i'm from hastings they had at least two or three of the the home games okay. we had the marching band there and even if they weren't marching they still had the the whole section yeah just like in the in the stands would do mm-hmm. their do their deal I, too. I feel like we marched at every halftime show yeah that was my high school yeah, yeah. do you play an instrument reggie um well not in marching band but i mean well I, sure i play piano although nice. i did i did do some what you some don't march with band. that no <laughs> it's a little heavy um i did play some like percussion in like regular varsity band for nice. a year so there was that nice you can march with percussion yeah yeah that one that one you can do well okay when you said cap emmons I immediately thought about the auditorium because we have, you know, the theater seats and a lot of cool items from there. And auditorium, in my mind, has always equaled theater just because we had an auditorium in high school. And that's, yeah, we had all of our theater productions there. And so it was our theater. Uh, And so I went to looking at the theaters in um, Albert Lee here, which we had uh, the Broadway theater and the Rivoli, Rivoli, Rivoli. I always want to say Rivoli, but it's <laughs> Rivoli uh, Theater and um, the Marion Ross Performing Arts Theater, which used to be ACT. And then there was also the Starlight Drive-In Theater. I loved going to the Starlight. Oh my, my first movie there was Airplane with my mom. What? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Ah. Um, I've always wanted to go to a drive-in theater. They aren't very popular anymore now. No. You know? Back home, there was one just across the Mississippi from Hastings to Cottage Grove. They had one over there. I can't remember what it was called off the top of my head. But they closed it down while I was in high school to put a freaking Walmart there. (laughs) And that was like one of the last ones up there to shut down. That was a great one. I've, I've been to that one. There used to be one off of Highway 36 in White Bear. Oh, That yeah. was a good one. Oh. Um, so it opened in 
49. Wow. So it's pretty pretty decently back in the day, at least for me. Um, <laughs> it would be for me, too. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that wasn't a dig towards you. <laughs> I'm not 95 years old yet. Um, but it uh, opened on Highway 16, which then turned into County Road 46 between Albert Lee and Austin. And it was built by the Friedman Brothers, who were the owners of Broadway and the Rivoli Theaters. And it covered 12 acres of ground and would accommodate 500 cars. And uh, they had a screen, which could show a picture of 52 feet by 46 feet, which is about four times the size of a picture of an ordinary movie theater. Wow. I suppose they'll cars your way back right? in yeah. the back row. You want to be able to see at least something. Yeah. yeah. And each car was equipped with its own speaker unit where the patron may adjust the volume of the sound to his or her own liking. Hmm. So, you know, you'd pull up. Yeah. So there'd, there'd be there'd be like a spot for two cars. So it'd mm-hmm. be car one, car two, and the speaker units were here on either side. Oh. And so one car would come in on the driver's side, one car would come in on the passenger side, but you'd lift it off the pole and hang it on your car window. Oh. Hmm. Okay. So my mom used to go to drive-in movie theaters when she was in her teen years, um, and she had a friend who loved horror movies, and my mom cannot stand horror movies. Yeah. And they went to the movie The Hills Have Eyes, Ew. and it was drive-in. <laughs> and so her friend, you know, has the speaker there, and they had, it was like a three-movie drive-in, so like you had three different movies you could be looking at, but you had the speaker for one sound. Oh. And so my mom was getting scared, and so she turns around, and it was it was some cartoon that was on another one. And so she's watching that, and it's all, like, this nice, lovely, like, beautiful, bright colors while she's hearing these, like, terrifying sounds (laughs) of this horror movie because she didn't want to be watching the horror movie. I've never watched The Hills Have Eyes because it seemed too scary. Well, it was banned in a couple of states. Was it really? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not even... Um, But anyways, that was my speaker story for that. Um, but, (laughs) But the... They had a staff of 30 people to give the best wow. service. Yeah. Well, I suppose the snack shop. Right. And then they probably had some, I'm going to assume they had security going around. Mm-hmm. And they had restrooms to sure. be upkeep and um, just to ticket people in and out too, you know. Uh, and so the article I was reading from the Albert Lee Tribune said it wasn't long before area families started to go to the starlight by the carloads and children under 12 years old could get in free and parents could dress their children in pajamas or oh nightgowns isn't that great it was awesome bring your Aww. bring your blankie and your pillow that's so sweet i did that with my kids Aww. when my kids are little we saw a couple of uh, movies at the double features at the drive-in probably the one off of highway 36 and nice. white bear i bet mm. yeah yeah well, and they did have a challenge for having uh, the groups trying to get free admittance because they could be hiding people in their trunk or <laughs> laying down across the back seat. I saw people get busted in the trunk because oh, no. they couldn't keep quiet. Oh, so you're sure. getting a ticket and somebody moves and then you hear thud, oh, thud. How do you have a hard time keeping quiet? I, you're just right? lay still. You're teenagers. Oh, I don't no. know. I saw kids get busted on that. That's funny. Yeah. I'm trying to That's think. Wonder what my last drive-in movie was that I saw. It was probably Disney or some silly thing. Probably. Oh my goodness. Probably. Oh, and um, there were weekend all-nighters, 
which were really cool where they would have films going all night all the night through on the weekends hmm. i love that that sounds kind of fun right except they were normally um either racy films or <laughs> cheap and poorly made horror flicks okay. also this is funny Those b movies there's no such thing as a horrible cheap horror film there's not the cheaper the horror <laughs> film the better it is i we just were talking about that giant ants giant spider the man-eating bunny rabbits those are classics <laughs> the okay but along with those this is funny they're also beach themed movies oh like annette funicello yeah. and uh what's his name frankie avalon i don't know beach I've- blanket bingo you're throwing out words. Oh, <laughs> I've heard kidding. the name. Those would be Frank horrible Avalon. movies. Oh, I no. shouldn't say that, maybe. <laughs> Those well, are movies I so. don't care for. Sure. Um, but there's a rather obscure song called Drive-In Show. And oh. that was by Eddie Cochran. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so it's speculated that he might have written that thinking about the starlight and going there as a younger kid before they left. Yeah, because he would have been would have been right about the age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He left around um, 1955, and yeah. so it was open for at least five years while he was there. Yeah. And yeah. he'd have memories of that. Oh, yeah. that's kind of sweet, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. It's kind of a fun song, too. It's it's the nice kind of, like, you know, the 50s kind of bouncing rock, I guess. Yeah. 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 Or you can do the stroll to it, too. Fun he actually had a cameo in a movie. Yeah. Um, what was the name of the movie? I should have it here somewhere. The Girl Can't Help It with Jane <laughs> Mansfield. <laughs> Um, I have not watched the cameo. Do, have, is there a video out there of him? Oh, I, we should look at that. I don't know if up. there is. Um, I have not looked for that. But his filmography lists three movies: The yeah. Girl Can't Help It, Untamed Youth, and Go Johnny Go. Um, Go Johnny Go and Untamed Youth. I don't think he had a cameo though, did he? Well, he did. In, he did. He his music um, was in that. Yes, Go Johnny Go is the one where he's playing he on plays the right. himself. Yep. Yep, I think he plays in himself. The Girl Can't Help It. He had words. Yes. Yep. And that, that's the one where he's wearing a flat cap, too, isn't it? I think so. His name is like Bobo or something. Yes. In it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Untamed Youth. He plays a character named Bong. Bong. Oh, that's the one. But he didn't speak in that one either, did he? Maybe he I did. I think that's one. I think he did speak in that okay. one. Yeah. Because I, I, I remember a picture of him like flowing out his like hands and like in like an A, like. Kinda, I don't know. Says the the film features Eddie Cochran as Bong, yeah. one of the prisoners in the camp who performs a song on screen. Yeah. Oh, okay. So his music is again right. interesting. <laughs> well, Albert Lee has got. Uh, there's quite a few celebrities mm-hmm. that come from Albert Lee. In fact, even um, if you go back to Cap Emmons, some of his students um, mm-hmm. were. Um, Probably friends with him, huh? No, I don't know about that. Maybe I suppose he probably Cap Emmons probably had Eddie Cochran in band at sure. some point. Oh, possibly. I don't know. Not um, very long. <laughs> that's he wanted to play multiple right. instruments, and he was only allowed to play one. Mm. Um, C. Turner and Earl Evans uh, played with Phil Harris Orchestra, and then Wait. went into the dance music field. Did you just say Cecil Turner? It said Cease Turner. 
Yeah, because that was his nickname. Oh, yeah. So that's the uncle of the guy I talked oh, about with is. the Pulitzer right. Prize. <laughs> I didn't put it together because yeah. it ceased. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tom Nee directed music at Hamlin and then went on to be the director of the Paul Schmidt Music Company in Minneapolis. Oh. So he, there. I mean, I, that for some someone into orchestra would be... A celebrity, yeah. sure. Um, of course, we have Marion Ross, right? Who's coming yeah. to town yeah. in a couple yes. weeks? Yeah, exciting. Exciting. Richard Carlson. Oh, I know. Creature from the, the Black, Black Lagoon. Lagoon. Um, Peter fun. Gary, who was born in 1917, had several movie roles oh, that really? he was in in the 1940s. What was his name? Peter Gary, G A R E Y. Um, there's also a younger, more recent celebrity. What was born in Albert Lay? Uh, with ties to Marion Ross, kind of loosely. Oh. Uh, during the 2003 pilot season on television, uh, there's a series that aired Windward Circle, formerly the untitled Gilmore Girls spinoff pilot. Oh, my gosh. Pilot aired actually as an episode of Gilmore Girls as Here Comes the Sun um, on May 13th of 2003. Alex Kermes played the role of Lily, and Alex was born here in Albert Lee. What? Um, started modeling and acting in the Minneapolis market by the age of two. Wow. Has done print work and commercials, was featured on a teen magazine. Um, had a small part uh, when she was quite young in the Minneapolis College of Art and Design student short film. Nice. Um, and her sister, Sage, is also an actress. And Kermes now is producing and acting and modeling full-time. She's a lead in a new media show called New Dogs, Old Tricks. <laughs> and upcoming series, Scheming, executive producer Ray G in Atlanta. And that was a gal I had never heard of. No, me huh. neither. That's cool. So, yeah. I thought it was really interesting. She had the tie to Marion, and Marion's almost here. And right. The statue's being dedicated. Yeah. And I'm wondering if, um, oh, gal, I can't think of, what was Marion's role? Grandma Gilmore. Oh, Tricks. Tricks. Thank you. I wonder if they met. I don't know. And, and then we're, we're like, Albert Lee? Albert, Albert Lee. Lee. That's cool. <laughs> huh. That's fun. Anyway, I just thought um, that was really kind of a fun little. She's rather new. She's not all that historic. Yeah, she does have. She's a part time. of our history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And with that, we should pick a movie and put uh, some popcorn. Pop some popcorn. On. Yeah.